We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of, of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm your host out in Washington, D.C., Kevin Knight. And with me is co-host Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. You? Uh, you know, it's it's actually kind of nice. We finally had a break in the heat uh, today, or rather tonight, actually. Um, it was tolerable. I finally got to walk my dog up um, near the Capitol again. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, that's her, that, that's her favorite spot to go because there's so much grass over there. And, you know, she's a beagle, so she's obsessed with smelling. So she got <laughs> so excited when we got to the grass in the Senate Park areas and got to run around chasing every little scent that caught her nose. So pleasant evening. Pleasant evening to, to a miserable week. <laughs> but, yeah, what uh, is temp? It's kind of chilly out here tonight. Um, yeah, what is it here? Uh, it is, holy cow, it is 77 degrees here. I'm not sure That's it's comfy. been, yeah, I'm not sure it's been that cold here for like two months or so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm probably wrong, but it certainly hasn't felt like it. Um, like DC set a record this summer. Um, this is the hottest July on record in terms of number of days that it's been over 90 degrees. I think it was 20. Really? Uh, let's see. Earlier this week, they set the record with 26 days this month. And that was on like the 28th. Yeah. July 28th, 26 days this month had been in the 90s. And I'm pretty sure at least two, if not the other three days this or four days this week were all in the 90s. So. Yeah, it's been a miserable month, not just because of COVID. <laughs> well, we're closing in on fall, so that should be a benefit. True. What what is what are seasons anymore? It's all just time in your home. But uh, yeah, day yeah, by we'll, day. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, at least um, a couple guys are home, so to speak. Uh, in that, Ivan. Ud- Udraago and uh, Thorir Thoryarvnar. Oh. <laughs> it's a you Friday can do it. night. I have Thorir, come on. Yeah. Thorir Thorbjarnarson is uh, back in Lincoln. Both of them are back with the Huskers and in practice, per the uh, fun tweets from Nebraska basketball earlier today. So we're happy to see them back. Yeah, they came in. Um, I think it was beginning of this week or the week before, and. They're playing today, so, so I would that be right? Um, yeah, I, I assume maybe they had a couple days where they had to wait while waiting on a test or something, maybe. That'd be my guess, just, you know, yeah, because it's one of those things where you know, you may not know for a couple days even after you take a test, but I guess they were comfortable enough to put them in practice, and yeah, they're they're playing. Yeah, so playing it's right uh, now. Yeah, good to see them back with the team, and uh, certainly hope Thor drops the hammer uh, this season, so to speak. So, but um, hopefully, nice there's to see a them season. Back. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> let's say optimistic tonight on basketball. Let's let's not look at the other sport that's more looming and and less optimistic right now. Let let's have uh, rainbows and unicorns tonight. That that's the attitude. No pun intended, coming from me. Sweet <laughs> works for me. No, yeah. no, no, it works for me. Who doesn't like unicorns? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, that would be a good question for Coach Hoiberg. Uh, what's your favorite mythical creature? We we should uh, we should tweet that. It seems like him, a Griffin or, type guy. I mean, maybe uh, maybe we'll make a Twitter poll out of it and tag him in it and hope he votes. That'll be our goal for the week. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Griffin. Not a bad one. Uh, you know, and I mean, he he was in <laughs> Chicago, so you know, very close to the Grand Rapids Griffins uh, minor league hockey team. So maybe maybe he was a fan. He spent a lot of time in East Lansing too last winter. So maybe maybe he caught a Griffins game. You gotta you gotta pull it back to you got you gotta pull it back to Michigan. <laughs> hey, I mean, if he's gonna live in Chicago and spend a bunch of time in East Lansing, you know, it's and you're saying his favorite uh, mythical creature is a griffin. <laughs> it, it's relevant content, Patrick. I don't know why you're acting Fine, like. Fine, I walked. I walked into it. I walked. I walked into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I walked into it. <laughs> Surely, I've been doing this long enough now. You know that oh, I can make man. anything about the state of the mitten. It- Exactly. I mean, we're five minutes in. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, but okay. So moving uh, past past the good news of their return, um, not having to do at all with the state of Michigan, uh, fellow Husker alum Siobhan Shields uh, made some news recently um, that we haven't had a chance to cover yet. But Shields is over in Europe and helped Basconia win the Spanish league title. So uh, at least one Husker is getting some hardware in, in uh, the hardwood, so to speak. No, no, very good win. I mean, he's, uh, he's been playing well in Europe. He's been playing there for a few years now. And, you know, I, have you seen any video on him? I have not. Um, I haven't myself yet. Um, but I, I do have some of the basic stats for the, uh, the league, title game at least in that um Basconia won its first Spanish ACB title in a decade after beating mm-hmm. Barcelona 69-67 back the end of June. Um Shields averaged 10.7 points on 45% shooting and 3.1 rebounds per game during the uh seven game playoffs. Including a 26 point effort uh, in their first game against Barcelona. Nice. That's not bad stats at all. Yeah, I'm forty five percent shooting. I definitely take that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, I don't think he's hitting anything close to that in Nebraska, but I could be wrong. I think he's in the thirties. Yeah, I I doubt my uh, JV um, seasons playing for the loggers were remotely that good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure everybody listening knows, but Shields played for Nebraska from 2013 to 2016. Um, and he is in his second season currently with Basconia. Um, 
and he, over the course of his two-season career so far, has averaged 11.5 points per game on 46% shooting, slightly better, actually, uh, including 36% from three-point range and averages four rebounds per game. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, nice nice pro career over there in, uh, in Spain. Um, it was also extremely hot right now. I saw they were in the hundreds heat index wise uh, this week. I, it looks like so. One place hotter than DC right now. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yawned. Way hotter than DC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when it's the middle of the summer, uh, what what else is there to talk about but the weather for the most part, right? Yeah, it's like just like in the winter. <laughs> true true um although uh this is actually fairly relevant to college basketball if not nebraska monday is the deadline for players to decide whether or not they're going to return to the ncaa for uh next season or stay in the nba draft although the interesting thing is is um they can actually return to the ncaa but then go back to the NBA draft if they want because the NBA draft deadline um, to, as I understand it, it's essentially the NBA draft deadline is to have your name in it is like August 15th. Maybe I forget the exact date, but it's roughly the middle of August, but the date that the NCAA requires you to say you're coming back is Monday, August 3rd. But theoretically, you could come back and then decide, well, actually, no, wait, I'm going to go to the NBA. After all, you just don't have the ability to change your mind at that point. Whereas right now, you can go into the draft, look at it, explore it, and then decide to withdraw and maintain your NCAA eligibility. If you change your mind after this, um, you wouldn't be able to. But anyway, um, sort of a a fun trivia point, I suppose, on, on that. Um, so to speak. But uh, the other relevant news for that is the fact that um, the Big Ten had 11 players receive an um, invite to the NBA draft combine, which is to be determined on when it will be and where it will be and if it will even happen. But they at least received an invite. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously... No, sadly, uh, no Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, uh, obviously, we all uh, knew that that was probably a long shot. Um, but among other people who didn't receive an invite from the Big Ten, not just Tanif Cheatham of Nebraska, but players such as Anthony Cohen of Maryland, Xavier Simpson of Michigan, and Andre Wesson of Ohio State. All pretty good players. So, I mean... Very good players. Yeah, so the the fact that uh, Hanif also... uh, I'll be nice. I'll I'll say got snubbed without an invite. You know, certainly uh, nothing to scoff at in terms of some of the other people who didn't receive an invite either. So, um, but the players who did, uh, quite the list of uh, Big Ten who's who so to speak, from a great season. Kofi Cockburn of Illinois, Ayu Dosanmu of Illinois, Luke Garza, I'm sorry, Luca Garza of Iowa, 
um, Aaron Henry of Michigan State, Daniel Oturu of Minnesota, Jalen Smith of Maryland, Lamar Stevens of Penn State, John Teske of Michigan. I have no idea why he got an invite personally, but Xavier Simpson didn't. I don't, I will never understand the idea that you bother giving Teske an invite, but not Simpson. As much as I hate Simpson, like, I, baffling. Um, Xavier Tillman of Michigan State, Caleb Wesson of Ohio State, and Cassius Winston of Michigan State. Um, so overall, 11 players from the Big Ten all received an invite. Uh, some of those still have a decision to make of whether or not they're going to stay in the draft. Uh, but if they do get uh, decide to stay, they will be attending the NBA draft combine if it happens and should be a good suggestion of them having a good chance at hearing their name called in one of the first two rounds of the NBA draft. Sorry, what am I talking about? There are two rounds of the NBA draft. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Anybody, uh, anybody you, you want to have any comments on, Patrick? I would be surprised if Garza comes back, but that's just me. Sorry, uh, you broke up a little bit on that. The top ones, don't you think? You think Garza's gone? Yeah, we're having a tough time tonight. I think Garza is gone. You know, as much as I would, would as much as Iowa would love to have him back, um, he has really nothing to benefit coming back this year, especially with COVID being its ugly head on the upcoming season. I, if I was Garza, I would take his talents and get in a draft and run. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, he he had a great season. Obviously, he won Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, and he got a lot of points. But I. I, yeah, I I just don't know the hype with Iowa, even with him returning, um, necessarily that they should be quite such a hot favorite. Um, mostly just because their defense is always so terrible. Like as good of an offensive team as they are, like you're not going to win the league unless you figure out defense uh, a bit no. on that one. But um, I. D- Back to the point of Garza, though, rather than just trash-talking um, him, which I so often do uh, with players I don't <laughs> super love, as you know. Um, no, I mean, Garza, I think, probably would benefit from uh, just going at this point. Uh, even if they manage to salvage a season where it's just conference, you know, you're going to get paid in the NBA, you might as well get paid, so... I'm not sure that he really has that much to gain coming back for another season at this point, especially with how much other talent Iowa has returning. Um, you know, I forget which McCaffrey, but one of the McCaffrey kids is is going to be back at uh, full health this season. Um, and then, uh, God, uh, Bohannon is supposed to be back at full health. So given all the other talent they have, I feel like his numbers have nowhere to go but down as a result, no matter how good he is. So, um, yeah, I, I think he should go. I would agree with you. Um, and I know Jalen Smith's gone, but Kofi Cockburn and Ayo Dusanmu are the two, I think, big question marks probably on that, um, of whether or not if they come back, Illinois will be quite the power uh, next season. And if they don't, then I think Illinois is going to take a step back. Um, and then obviously the uh, 
other two players on the list, Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry. Um, I think Tillman's probably gone. Henry, it's not really clear. Um, but eh, we'll see. Uh, without Henry, I'm not sure Michigan State will be in contention at the top of the uh, top of the list for teams expecting to contend for a Big Ten title next season. With him, I think they definitely do. Tillman will be a loss, but you know, I think they can recover from that one. But I don't think Henry. So. And that's no, the, I agree. They've got yeah. they've got enough talent behind them that they could real, probably be just fine. But yeah, yeah, um, especially down low with with Henry, they really need the wing player, um, particularly with Winston gone and no, for sure, guy to step up at point. Um, but see, I, I I kept it in check on that. I didn't go off on them more unevenly than anybody else. I can do that. Perfectly fine. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that probably is more or less what, what needs to be said on the, the draft combine. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on who ends up deciding to return. Um, but at our last episode, we talked about the um, – it was following all the all-decade teams. And so we covered our all-decade uh top 10 players in our mind. And so we said this week we would um, do the top 10 wins. So uh, do you want to start that one off or, or should I? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's start it off. Number 10 out of 10 is Nebraska's win in 2019 over Butler. The Butler Bulldogs. 80 to 76 win in the NIT, correct? That was NIT, wasn't it? Yep, that's right. Uh, Nebraska 2019 um, win. And yep, it but- was bum 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 Tim Miles' last win as a Husker coach, right? Um, yes, uh, they lost in the second round to TCU, unfortunately, yep. on the yeah, ugliest no, was, basketball court I've ever seen of- in my life. Yeah, that was rough. It was rough. It was a rough end to a interestingly rough season. I mean, it was fifth seeded Butler, but still, I mean, it, it, Miles was kind of dead man walking at that point. I think everybody knew for at least two, three months at that point. And you know, I mean, it was a good win against a, a decent Butler team, kind of a last hurrah for Tim Miles. But um, yeah, no, I would say that was definitely a squeaker in the top ten. Definitely. It was a feel-good win uh, to start the list off, I, I feel like. Um, I also have a little bit of hatred of Butler lingering from 2010 um, as far as their basketball program goes. And um, in addition to that, I mean, it was just a nice way to send off Tim Miles for his last ever game at PBA, I, I feel like. So, um, yeah. But uh, number nine... Um, for our list, we picked the Missouri Tigers when they were ranked number 24 uh, from March 1st, 2011, the last ever conference win by the Cornhuskers as a Big 12 school. Yay. And also the last home win. So the last conference mm-hmm. game at home at the Bob Devaney Center as a Big 12 member was also a win, and it was over Missouri. So, I mean... 
can it get much better than that? And and a ranked Missouri team at that. So, you know, back in the day, Missouri Missouri was a good basketball team. They had a good squad, you know, ten years ago. Uh, they've kind of fallen off since, you know, transferring over and losing a couple coaches and whatnot. But uh, Missouri was a good team back in then, and that was a that was a good win, especially in the Bob Devaney Center, which is now the home of Husker volleyball. Um, thank God Husker volleyball moved in because it was bland as hell back in the day. So anyway, no, it was it was a good win. It was a good win over a fairly decent Missouri. Team. Yeah, it wasn't too bad either. I mean, it was an 11-point win, so it's not exactly like mm-hmm. it was... Uh, it wasn't quite a blowout, but it, it wasn't close either down at the wire. So, um, number eight on our win is uh, flipping it of the second conference win for Nebraska in the Big Ten, and it was over the number 11-ranked Indiana Hoosiers. A very good Indiana team that year, too. Yeah, coached by uh, none other than uh, Tom Crean. So, good old Crean, right? He was there in, yeah, yeah, he was there in eleven twelve. So, eleven twelve. Yeah, no, he was there back then, and now and now he's with Georgia. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Hoosiers finally canned him, and he went off to the SEC. So. Yeah, but, no, uh, it was yeah. a good win. I'm not gonna lie; don't remember it at all. But yeah, good win. <laughs> yeah, I that was that was before my my time uh, really following the Cornhuskers. I'll, I'll be honest; um, I I didn't really start paying oh, attention to you guys until the fall of 2013. So that was after yeah, I. So you're my, still a couple years away. Yep. Um, but number seven on the list is a win that uh, I did follow <laughs> and is near and dear to my heart. Because it was a win Big over win. the number. This is a nice win. Uh huh. There, there are far too many wins in the Big Ten over this team um, by the Nebraska Cornhuskers since they've joined the Big Ten, and that is they beat the number twenty-three ranked Michigan Wolverines seventy-two to fifty-two. Beautiful twenty-eight points. Yep, uh, and that was in January of twenty eighteen at PBA. Yeah, no, that was. A- a very nice win. Nebraska dominated a good chunk of that game. Michigan just kind of looked flat as hell from what I remember. It was it was a very nice win over a ranked squad. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, I mean, everybody kind of had a good night that night. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Nebraska overall went 46% for shooting from three and 55% from the field. Uh, four Huskers scored in double digits. And James Palmer Jr. led the team with 19 points. While defensively, Nebraska held Michigan to just 38% shooting from the field. Yeah. That was yeah. a pretty game. That was a very pretty game for a very, very good win. Yeah. The, uh, the sad thing is, is that is the only win that Nebraska has over Michigan in their time as a Big Ten member. They are 1-10 in 10 all time since joining the conference. Actually, uh, I think... One in twelve now, because um, this was written, or I that stat rather I I pulled that stat before this season's um, two games against them. So, yeah, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. But uh, win number six on our list is not. It was a sixty-eight sixty-two win in January of twenty fourteen over the seventeenth ranked Buckeyes. 
Man, that was that was a special win. That was a very special win. Why was it a special win? Um, so that one was uh, why why was it? It was um, part of a eight and one, um, and fifteen and one overall home conference home and conference record. Rather reverse that, uh, in the first season at PBA, and ended up leading to Nebraska's NCAA tournament appearance. Yeah, it was also Nebraska's first at home at PBA. So special one. Oh, Always yeah. stand out in the history books. Yeah, that's true. No, first, they shot. They, they shot. They they shot well that game. Uh, if I remember right, Ohio State again one of those performances. They played fairly well, but just not good enough. Nebraska just was was. If I remember right. Miles is like out coach that game. He did he he did a very good job in that in that win. So yeah, and that was back during a point in time where uh, Thad Mata was still pretty good threat on the court. So that's mm-hmm. uh, no small feat by Miles in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I always love a a nice win over Ohio State almost as much as I love a nice mm-hmm. win over the Wolverines. So. What I don't love is the next game, uh, next win rather. Number on our five, list. beautiful number five. Uh, yeah, that's one way to refer to it. I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce this game. Now, number five out. was a Nebraska win over number eleven, Michigan State, a squeaker, seventy-two, seventy-one back in twenty sixteen. Now that this was a game that Nebraska came into, they were not supposed to win. It was up north in the Breslin Center, full capacity, probably right. I'm assuming because it's yep. the Breslin Center, right? Yeah, just yeah. over at no. 100.3 percent. Yeah, no, I remember this game. Remember it well. Shields had a great game. Um, really pulled them through this one. <sighs> God, I mean, Michigan State was, it wasn't like Michigan State was playing poorly in this game. They just, they got caught up. Nebraska came through. They wouldn't give up. And they just took the momentum at the end of the game, made, made the right shots because they were not shooting well that game, if I remember right. Correct? Nebraska Uh, was not shooting well that game at all. Yeah, their three-point shooting was just 29%, so hardly uh, uh, hardly something yeah. I'll normally win you a game. But yeah. Javon Shields yeah, no, actually just, was uh, it, a big big factor in it. Go figure. Yeah, yeah, Javon Shields, go figure. Leading the team in that one, and it was, jeez. Yeah, Shields had, like, what, 28 points? Yep, 28 points on 60% shooting from inside the arc. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, it it was it was a very very good game by him. Beautiful win on the road in a very hostile environment. So, yeah, the uh, I, not to not taking away from Nebraska, it definitely helped the timing on the game because if I remember right, this was maybe like one or two games into after uh, Denzel Valentine had. Um, return to the lineup after having to miss the start of the conference season um, with, I forget what the injury was, but 
Um, de definitely uh, a little bit of a good luck there in this one of, of the timing on that one. But all credit to where credit is due. Nebraska got the win and uh, certainly out hustled the Spartans, so to speak, in, in terms of um, achieving rare feats like out rebounding MSU on the defensive end. That's uh, not something it's teams usually to do. Yeah, you don't walk into the Breslin Center and manage that most games. So um, um, all credit to them on, on that win. But uh, we'll move on from that one. I, I think we've said enough on it. Um, win number four on our list is another one from the uh, fun ending to um, Tim Miles' career. The win over number 21 Maryland in the 2019 Big Ten Tournament when the Huskers upset uh, the number 20 rank, 21 ranked uh, Terrapins, 69-61. Uh, second round game. So that was a fun upset for them. Um, again, shorthanded. Very nice. I mean, uh, Michigan. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, the shorthanded Maryland was bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, and just Nebraska came in at the right time and pulled off, and they stole that win. They stole that win. I mean, it was it um you know a point win, but Nebraska just uh, they they had the gumption to pull that off. They had the grit, the fortitude to to uh, just take that win in the post. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it was it wasn't the prettiest of games by any way, shape, or form, but no, it was it was a good win for Nebraska's sake. Yeah, I mean, they literally had seven players, and they were on their second day in a row of playing. Maryland was coming in fresh. Yeah with their full roster and proceeded to lose and, flat and then proceeded, feet. Yeah. yeah. And then proceeded yeah. to go into the NCAA tournament, make it to second round. And by anybody who actually uses replay would have actually won the game over LSU and moved down to the sweet 16, uh, to lose to final four, uh, Michigan state in the sweet 16. Uh, but unfortunately the refs didn't bother taking a look, to see that LSU uh, traveled clearly. Well, I mean, they can't review that actually, but LSU uh, clearly traveled at the last second for their game winner, uh, go ahead basket and managed to make it there instead. But uh, sad to, to throw a shout out there for Maryland uh, that they got cheated by a, a team that also was cheating <laughs> as their coach was sitting out uh, after the uh, being implicated in the FBI scandal. But um, see, I don't only highlight Kansas at that either, to be fair. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should go on to the next game. The next uh, yeah, fair point, fair point. Um, yep, so uh, number three, <laughs> I, have, I have particularly bitter, bitter resentment of this win, actually. So you 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 introduce it, and I'll I'll explain it at the end points. why I'm pissed off about it. Oh, I'm sure you'll you will uh, wax poetically over over your issues with this game. But number three is a win over the number nine, the number then the then number nine, Michigan State Spartans, 60-51 win, way back in the twenty thirteen no twenty fourteen February sixteen twenty fourteen uh, another win. Up north in the Breslin Center, which kind of led some of us to believe that Tim Miles had Izzo's name as an underdog, especially on the road. Now, 
we've already, you know, Tim, Tim, Tim Snakebit is on occasion, and this is another one of those. And it was, an, you know, another big game, hostile environment. Nebraska was not supposed to win this at all, and they did. They pulled it off. And you know, this is their last NCAA tournament run season, so it was another resume builder win. And yeah, no, it was a nice, good win on the road that if they didn't have this, they probably would not have made the NCAA tournament. So yeah, no, big win at number three over the Spartans of Michigan State. No, it was a great win by Nebraska. And I'm only bitter about it because um, for Christmas, I had bought uh, flights to Hawaii for my then boyfriend and I, uh, because this was Valentine's Day weekend. And so I literally watched this game, streaming it on my iPad at the bar at our hotel, um, because it was actually sadly raining that day. So um, raining off and on. So tense, we couldn't really do much of anything. So we just decided to drink at the hotel bar by the pool. So I watched it on my iPad there drinking and proceeded to lose while there on a Christmas present for my Nebraska <laughs> and um boyfriend of the time now husbands so you know uh the the eventual uh marriage survived that loss but uh <laughs> the resentment lives on in infamy so um but you and i can both celebrate over the uh, number two win on this list because <laughs> it, nice nice transition because it is over the creighton blue jays nate would be sad because it's over it, it's a win over his alma mater yeah, he'd be he'd be devastated, and actually, Nebraska's last win over them. <laughs> <laughs> eh, sadly, but yeah, uh, that that's not the important stat here. The important stat is no, it was a blowout forty six. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, Creighton was down. It wasn't like they're at full strength in any way, shape, or form. But it was, it went over Creighton, something we have not seen a whole lot of over the last few years. Um, yeah, it was a little. A little rough of a year, but, you know, it was a win over Creighton. It was Tim Miles' first win, I think, over Creighton. Is that correct? Uh, sounds right. Only I'm pretty win. sure they had. And yeah, more importantly, like, right. I, 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 I think it was his first win over McDermott because they their coaching against each other goes back to their days when uh, Greg was at Wayne State and Tim Miles was at some some South Dakota school. Maybe it was North Dakota State. I can't remember. But yeah, no, uh, big win over Nebraska, much needed one, long overdue. Uh, Nebraska just spanked, just spanked the crap out of Creighton, which is which was much needed until this last year when they beat us again. So yeah, yeah, very very fun when you demolish a rival like that. Um, mm-hmm. And hey, other fun stat that you know we didn't necessarily get to enjoy this past season. The Huskers went 80% from the free throw line in this game. Huge. They, yep, they went 16 of 20. Isn't it nice having a team that can score free throws? Oh, no kidding. I mean, any team is going to be good if, if you break, you know, 75, 80%. But, God, yeah, no, Nebraska dominated on that. And there was multiple. If I remember right, there was a lot of players who scored. It wasn't like it was like two or three guys who scored majority of the points like that ball got in the hands of a lot of different players and that just really i think helped push the game along to that blowout 
Yep. Uh, five players overall scored in double digits, and James Palmer Jr. was the leading scorer with 30. So, yep. Nothing more sweet than Jay Tears is there. <laughs> well, maybe Iowa Tears. I don't know. Jay Tears tastes like high-end gin. Well, gin's not bad, so <laughs> it beats uh, it, it beats no, no, toilet no, no. wine or something. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I I have not had Kentucky moonshine yet, so uh, I will hold hold off judgment on whether or not that tastes better than than Jasker tears. But um. oh, we'll make it happen. And with the win over Creighton, that brings us to what I'm sure every self-respecting Cornhusker knew was coming at number one. Right, Patrick? Oh, of course. Of course. It was one of the most memorable basketball games I've ever been to as a Husker. And I'm jealous that you have been to it. I would have enjoyed uh, going myself. It is, of course, No Sit Sunday, the 77-68 win over the then number nine ranked Wisconsin Badgers, who, by the way, went on. Um, wait, no, I'm a season early. One season later, went on to the national title game to be runner up. But in this season, uh, they only made um, some kind of deep march run, but they lost at PBA 77 68. No, huge game, huge game at PBA. Uh, I'm. Set, was there the entire game, stood the entire time, yelled forever, lost my voice for days. Uh, I'll never, never forget it, seeing the students rush. It was, it was a huge win against a very good team. Uh, Tim Miles, I mean, this is the year that Tim Miles was supposed to, you know, take Nebraska to the next heights, which, you know, we never quite exactly happened. But nonetheless, it doesn't take anything away from this win. The this this big win over a very good Wisconsin Badger team really cemented in Husker lore that Nebraska can go into the Big Ten and play good basketball against a very good basketball conference. Yep, uh, this one saw... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. The only, the, the, the only down part I was is that, you know, I kind of wish it was like against a team like Kansas. The only thing I'd say. I mean, I, I I hate Kansas and I hate Nebraska, or uh, I, I hate Kansas and Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm I'm tongue tied tonight. All right, that that was clearly an accident. Um, no, no I mean, I, I hate Wisconsin and and I hate Kansas. So you know, um, I'm more than happy to see them beat Wisconsin as well as Kansas. So I'm I'm right there with you on that in that regard. But now, um, now Siobhan Shields had another big night, scoring 26 points to lead the Cornhuskers. And shot 54%. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Huskers shot 54% in the first half and only 34% in the second half, but still managed to pull it off with the wind in this one. So, uh, pretty clearly um, between atmosphere, the back and forth game on the court, um, you know, just everything about it, this one is an easy as they come number one pick for our all decade wins list. So, that's no, uh, a great win. Great pick. Great top. It's a great top 10 list. Too. Great top 10 list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we, uh, we did a good job breaking that one down. Um, but uh, with that, we have uh, that's a wrap on another episode of, of bang rangs and daggers. 
As always, please be sure to subscribe on uh, whatever podcast platform you use to Coordination Radio. You'll not only get our podcast of Bang Rangs and Daggers, you'll get John's Post-Life Crisis, Five Heart Podcast, and uh, the Big Red Copcast. So be sure to subscribe, leave a review, uh, listen, and share the episodes. Um, Beyond that, you stay safe and stay classy.